0: Hey friends, welcome to This Good Word. My name is Steve Wiens, your host as always. And today I want to talk about deconstruction and reconstruction. Uh, There's been a lot of buzz going around the socials these days because a pastor, an evangelical pastor uh, named Matt Chandler, preached a sermon in which he questioned whether or not deconstruction and people who are deconstructing wasn't just kind of a, and I quote, sexy fad that people are doing. And uh, so I I wanted to react to that because I think, um, well, I have a lot of thoughts on that. But also I want to say that I want to give Matt Chandler the benefit of the doubt and say that I think his concern about deconstruction probably comes from a place of care. I think it's pretty easy to uh, get real angry at anyone who says anything that triggers you or attempts to put you in your place. <laughs> um, I, I One of my things these days is I'm trying to assume the best, trying to assume the best. So, I want to assume that his concern was for people who are um, being, I think, in his mind, led astray, and in his mind, uh, giving up sacred doctrines in ways that are going to ultimately harm them. And so, I think he is responding from a place of genuine care. I also think he is potentially blind to another reality that is at play, and that is that he is acting as a theological gatekeeper for people who don't see (laughs) themselves as a part of any kind of gate, which he would be a keeper of. And so I think um, potentially the result of him saying that deconstruction is just a fad, not only hurts people who are genuinely trying to reformulate a faith that works for them. But it also acts as ammunition for people uh, that um, maybe are going to go to loved ones in their lives that are deconstructing and say, hey, I heard this pastor say this thing about it being a fad, and aren't you concerned that you're giving up things that are really valuable and that the end result of your deconstruction is going to be your harm? And I think that's unfortunate because... (sighs) No one should be someone else's theological gatekeeper or theological police. I really believe that those of us that are on an honest journey with God uh, can rely on the Holy Spirit's work in our lives and our own genuine intuition about what is healthy and unhealthy, what is good and bad that we don't need an authority figure to say that our questioning is either good or bad. Again, the Holy Spirit's role in our lives, our own sense of intuition and right and wrong, I think is trustworthy. Are we always gonna be right in the money? Of course we aren't. That's why we have friends, that's why we have a journal, that's why we have therapists, that's why we have spiritual directors. And if someone is on a journey and they're on a journey to rebuilding a faith uh, by taking apart some of the things that no longer work, my response to that person is, "Wow, I can't believe how um, how." You are keeping on going in spite of being hurt, in spite of uh, hanging on to theology that that has has hurt you or no longer works. Like you, my I want to say to anyone who's still in the game of deconstructing and, and and reconstructing, good for you! Oh my goodness, it takes such courage, such bravery, to continue down a path and to say that certain parts of your theology simply don't work anymore and so it's time to expand it's time to find out uh, what does work and 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 what is meaningful for you that's not a bad thing that's a good thing and it's even a biblical thing there's a great story in the book of acts and if you're not familiar with the bible the book of acts is the story of the disciples of Jesus after Jesus died and rose again and ascended to heaven. It's the story of the early church and it's the story of how it all began. And there's a a story about, um, it goes about five chapters long. It starts in Acts 10, it goes to about Acts 15. And Peter, who is one of the original disciples, one of the closest disciples of Jesus, he is apparently taking a nap up on the roof. And he apparently falls into a trance and sees a vision. And he sees a sheet coming down with all these unclean animals inside of it. And unclean meant that as a good Jewish follower, he was not it was not within his faith tradition to eat those things. Those things were forbidden. But he heard a voice from God saying, go ahead and eat. And he interacted with that and said, no way, there's no way I'm going to eat that. That's forbidden. And then the voice said, do not call forbidden that which God calls clean. And so that started him on this journey of questioning, wait a minute, what do I do when I have this new experience, this new vision, this new thought that calls something clean that formerly wasn't clean? And then he ends up going to this Roman's house named Cornelius. What well, he's not supposed to do, he's not supposed to eat with people who are not Jewish, but he does anyway. And when he's there, he sees all these people who are not Jewish, but they are believing and the Holy Spirit is active in their lives. And he went back and told the, the church council about that. Listen, we're seeing all these things. We're seeing people who are not Jewish believing. We're seeing the Holy Spirit active in their lives. What are we what are we to do? Because we don't have a theology that's robust enough for this. Our theology says that everyone who becomes a believer needs to be circumcised. But that feels like such an intense requirement to put on an adult's feet, you know, um, not to mention the the kind of patriarchal language, all believers needed to be circumcised. That, that meant that only believers could be Jewish. But anyway, all male Jewish believers needed to be circumcised. That was right from Genesis 17 that said that all for this shall be the sign for all generations that male believers shall be circumcised to sh- to show their covenant with God. That was what the Bible said. That was what tradition said. From that moment, that was all they ever knew. But this question came up. Now we're seeing these non-Jewish people filled with the Holy Spirit, clearly believing in Jesus the Messiah. So what are we to do? Should, and, and, and a question came to the council. Should we... Uh, make them be circumcised, and after praying about it, after talking about it, after studying the scriptures, they decided that it was not reasonable to force these people to be circumcised. Uh, instead, they could go ahead and, and become believers, and then they they put <laughs> like these three or four bizarre. They said, you know, as long as they don't eat um, goats that are cooked in their mother's milk. <laughs> <laughs> and and a couple other things, then they then they're fine. They don't have to be circumcised. Folks, this is a great example of deconstructing and reconstructing. Uh, because when you are when you see something that you don't have any context for, when you see something that your current belief system doesn't fit, but it's clearly a demonstration of someone that believes in God, someone that's filled with the spirit, for example, then what you're forced to do is not accept it just, you know, on the spur of the moment, but take it back to a community. Talk about it. Reason with the folks together. Study scripture and then make a conclusion. So this is the good, healthy, beneficial process of deconstructing your faith to make room for experiences and truths that didn't fit your old way of thinking. Um, This is biblical. And not only is it biblical, it's a healthy part of normal human growth. It is normal for all of us to hit points in our lives where the things that we used to believe are just too small to hold new understandings of the mysterious god who is beyond all of our understanding on the one hand and also makes herself himself known to us in various ways through um, through nature through relationships through jesus the christ uh when we are open enough to say perhaps i was wrong perhaps what i used to believe even if it was a good framework even if it was a good beginning perhaps it's just not it's just not big enough to hold what i now see because when you see something uh like for example maybe you grew up in a home believing that there's no way Someone that was gay could also be a follower of Christ or a a Christian, and you grew up believing that. And then you experience a friend, a loved one. You get to really know someone who's gay and who is also a follower of Christ. Then you're forced to ask, okay, either, and everything in you is saying, wow, this is so good, this is so beautiful, this is so genuine then what you're forced to do is either go back and re-examine what it is that you believed to see if maybe there's room for that, or you have to automatically exclude that that, that person uh, as sinning or as being wrong. Um, and so that's your choice. So unless you think you want to gamble and say that my belief system, as it stands right now, is perfectly good and shouldn't change unless you're willing to take that gamble all of us at various stages in our life will need to do some healthy deconstructing and reconstructing maybe you maybe you need to not call it that that's fine call it just the process of moving along the stages of faith Call it expanding your faith so that you can hold more of the expansive God uh, whom we will never fully understand. <laughs> Call it whatever makes the most sense. If the, if the word deconstruction triggers you too much, if you think it's a bad word, that is so fine. I would never uh, wanna fight for the use of that word. What I do wanna say is the process of examining what it is that you believe of letting go of of belief systems that are too small so that you can keep expanding and flourishing as a human being uh, with your new experiences, with things that you used to, um, things that you had no categories before um, that is all good and right and healthy. And you need help with that, right? You can't do that all on your own. You need to talk to people. You need to... You need to process just like the story of Peter and the council of the early church. So my friends, if you are a person that is constructing, deconstructing, or whatever it is that you want to call it, then you uh, are in very good company. You're in very good company. Okay, my friends, that is all I have for today. Grace and peace. Hope you are doing well this Advent season. See you next week. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to This Good Word. If you love this podcast, there's three ways that you can support my work one is by jumping on patreon patreon.com this good word you can become a patron at various levels and get lots of good free stuff including free tickets to any live events that i do signed books and other stuff the second way is to share your favorite episodes via twitter and facebook uh email however it is that you share content let some friends know that you love it And then third is to go on iTunes and leave a rating or a review. So thanks so much, my friends. We are dust and breath. We are limited and limitless. We are human and holy, and we are in it together.